everyone, just a quick primer uh, for this episode with Chef Cruz from Shell Restaurant. Uh, this was recorded a hot minute ago, a few months ago. Uh, I think everything is pretty uh, is still pretty accurate, but uh, just want to give a couple updates. Uh, Shell is uh, working on their location at this point, which is super exciting and has also been doing more pop-ups. So make sure to go to shell-restaurant.com to follow for uh, follow for more information, subscribe to the newsletter to be in on the pop-ups uh, when they occur, and follow Shell Restaurant on Instagram to keep up with all of the news and official information as things start to pop. So thanks again for Chef Cruz being over on the Food About Town podcast, and now into the intro. I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. Rochester? Well, why Rochester? Chris Lindstrom was a hoot. He was just so much fun. He never stopped talking. I mean, it was great. Party down? Yes! Take it from me, an inveterate snob. (laughs) That's it! Stinks! It stinks! It stinks! And we don't need any characters around to give the joint atmosphere, is that clear? Because I'm a pro. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. What do you say? Enough. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. And we are back with another episode of the Food About Town podcast. Um, it's a beautiful day here in Rochester. We haven't done a weather update in a while. And uh, I'm here with one of the most fascinating people in Rochester dining. And we, I say dining for a reason. Guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is uh, Cruz Nieves, and... Uh I'm a local chef in Rochester. Local chef in Rochester. So um, if people are interested in following what you're doing now, we'll get into the details, but uh, we're going to hit the plugs a few times. So uh, if people are interested in what you're doing right now, how do people follow you and follow uh, what you're working on now? <clears throat> so you can find me on uh, social media. My Instagram account is chefcruz 585 um, Recently opened a new social media for my new project, uh, and that is Shell uh, Restaurant. And you can find that also on Instagram. And then we have a website, which is shell-restaurant.com. Yeah, and that's uh, it's one of those things where you never know when it's going to happen around here, where someone becomes, uh, someone becomes like social media popular or social media famous around Rochester. And I think that's something that like happened to you pretty early on around here. Like you got pretty well known on social media. I'm not. Do you, do you have an idea why that happened? <clears throat> I really don't know why that happened. Uh, but, I mean, every day that I wake up, I'm grateful for it because I have been able to build a platform that has helped me build a business. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, and as I'm thinking back to it, I, I didn't really think through this. I just wrote down popularity on social media, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it is is... Um, I know when I went out to events, you know, you were always there. You were always going out and it seemed like you really cared about, you know, the whole Rochester scene, not just what you were doing at the time. seems like you really put the time in being out there. I mean, when I moved back to Rochester from New York City, um, you know, one of the biggest things that really, that I felt like I was missing from the city is like the collaborating thing of, you know, business collaborating with each other and you know I saw so much benefit out of that in New York that I was like I really want to be that person that kind of like 
bring that here, you know, and I, you know, we are a small community in the restaurant industry. And, you know, I think I have a lot of respect for a lot of the restaurant tours in town. So I was like, Hey, let's work together. Let's, let's try to just continue to build this community and, you know, keep, keep going to different levels, you know, cause the Rochester scene just keeps continuing to grow really quickly. Yeah. And it's, I, I think that's a great point. And I think it is part of the new attitude that is becoming more prevalent here in town over the last, what, five, 10 years. Um, really the last five where there's been a real push on collaboration. Um, even before then, it seemed like everything was more separated, but in, in the last five years really has started to change pretty quickly. I mean, I, I think so. I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, around the same time that uh, Rella opened, uh, you know, Paulina Swan uh, used to come to the restaurant all the time and she yeah. was working and opening Vern's and, you know, having two restaurants that became two phenomenons, like basically at the same time where those were the place to be. Like, I was like, hey, why don't we just even try to do something bigger and try to like collab on a dinner and... You know, not to say that I was the first one, but I couldn't recall anybody that was doing that. And that kind of like, it did exactly what I wanted, you know, and it was to inspire other people to like work together. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> that it makes people excited and I think it gets them to know what's going on a bit more too. Like not everybody's going to know, like they might know the Swan restaurant group. They might not know Paulina though. They might not know John, you know, and the fact that there's, you know, there's people behind these you know, the restaurants, regardless if it's a group or an individual place, there's people behind them. And I think people want to be excited. They want to have, they want to have something different to do. Cause if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you know, you want that excitement. I, I think it keeps you, keeps you alive when in the, in a tough industry. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. I mean, I think that's what's kept me alive for the past years, you know, like, you know, I try to be as active as I can, but I'm not a hundred percent active all the time because I don't have a home yet you yeah. know so like every time i try to do an event it's you know people get excited you know yeah absolutely well yeah because i i know when it when it comes to some of the pop-ups uh, i know you worked with some of the people uh that i've worked with in the past with uh i, I know you did what was it a new year's eve dinner with uh, with chris crocky doing uh doing wine pairings we did that one that was a valentine's, valentine's dinner, Day, and yeah. that was my first wine dinner on my own and was it really yeah Oh, and you, you were in great hands too. I mean, Chris is just a, when it comes to hospitality, like Chris is a professional from top to bottom. One of, one of my favorite people in Rochester I and think, somebody that really cares about making an amazing hospitality experience. I mean, yeah, I, I am so grateful for the opportunity of working with him because like, you know, when I approach him, it's funny. I, I had the conversation with him. We both bumped into each other at Burns and you know, I was like, hey, I'm trying to do a wine dinner. Like, would you be interested in helping? He's like, yeah. So we met up and like, you know, I was like, hey, here's the menu. I need somebody to come and help me with the wines. All I know about wine is like the wines that I like and I love to drink. So what What do you, what's your, what's your go-to? So what's your preference for wine? What do you like? I mean, I drink everything. It all depends on like what I'm eating. Yeah. Uh, You know, if I was going to drink casually, I think, you know, some sparkling wine or a white wine in the summer. Yeah. No, it makes sense. You know, that's kind of like my go-to, light whites. You yeah. know, I'm very obsessed with this uh, varietal from Italy, uh, especially 
Sardinia. It's a Vermentino. Oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's that light, you know, really balanced, some acid. I mm-hmm. think it always works well with, that's that's my preference. I love, you know, light, acidic, you know, stuff that works really well with rich dishes, but can go well with delicate things too. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're talking about the first, uh, your first yeah, one. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I, uh, I met up with Chris and um, we, I basically told him like what I wanted to do and I kind of like gave him a budget, you know, because I was trying to like profit out of it. Yeah. And he's like, uh, no, you're going to charge more money <laughs> and we're going to spend more money on wine. And I'm like, I'm like, Chris, I have never charged people this amount of money. Like, I really don't know if they're going to pay it, you know? And it's like, I cannot cheap out on the wines with this type of menu that you have. So like, we agree on going up in the price. And, and I mean, it was a completely success. You know, I still remember walking into the room. I was prepping in a offset area area. And I walked in into the room and when I saw the table set up, I'm like, wow, like, you know, and I've been trying to work with him again, you know, but we haven't like gotten together, but yeah. One, one of the most busy people he in is, town as yes. well. Um, yeah, he was, uh, uh, we were very lucky to have him as part of, uh, you know, our, uh, original location for doing our pickups for, uh, for nominate. And, you know, one of the people that has taught me so much about hospitality, and I take those lessons every uh, every step I do with everything else. Um, no, it's it's awesome. I, I remember when he mentioned it, and we were talking about. It, he's like, "Yep, I pushed him. We were going for it." I'm like, "Yep, that <laughs> sounds that sounds about right." Yep. But I'm sure it turned out excellent too in the end. I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was really well executed. You know, I have people that have gone to even a lot of my uh, newer dinners and whatnot, and you know, my best friend Jim, he's like. To this day, the best dinner I ever gone to was like your first dinner. You know, uh, the food might have not been really elevated, but it was like really like there was a lot of heart in it. Yeah. And sometimes that just really comes through the food. Absolutely. Um, and before we get into your background, I think the other place that people caught your eye was uh, uh, Jason from Jason from Rock Foodies. He's, uh, he's always been a big proponent of you. Yep. And he's had he's had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, positive influence on a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I, again, like, I think the popular, now that I think back, you know, like the popularity for myself coming from social media, I mean, it really started from you guys. Like, you know, you, you, you probably were one of the first or the first one that came in and wrote about Rella when we opened, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Wow. I was still writing then. You were writing. Yeah. And you, I mean, I think Schumer was there and I don't even know how she found out because we didn't tell anybody we opened. She just found yeah, Tracy Schumacher was there. Yeah, and it was it was pretty early too because I had uh, you know I had uh, you know talked with Mark in the past and I remember I followed I forget if you mentioned it to me or something else but I was yeah. I was there pretty early. Yeah, you were. I mean, again, might I, have been opening night. I, I might have been. You know, yeah. it was you know, and you were one of the first people who wrote about us. And you know, I remember um, you know con- different bloggers just continue to pop in, and yeah. th- that's what built me and that business, you know, so. Absolutely. And Jason, I mean, Jason and I, you know, had a friendship just through the restaurant and still have a friendship. And he has been a big part on, you know, helping me, you know, grow in the social media world. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, people who are much better at social media than me. I'm, I'm, I'm a great nerd when it comes to food and doing the podcast and stuff like that. 
when it comes to doing the social media, I am terrible. I'm just not good at it. I, it's it's one of those things I, I really applaud those that are good at it, and that's not me. I am not that person. It, it's, uh, it's not easy, you know. It's, no. uh, I mean, it's, you know, you have to be consistent, and, and it's, again, it just never gets easier. The algorithms and... No, I can continue. Keeping up on it, yeah. And then yeah. shout out to Sapphire Corshane and Rogue Social Media for helping us out with uh, Nominate Social Media because if we didn't have that, we would we would be up a creek. Um, we appreciate the work that she puts into that. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, let's let's go into your let's go into your background. I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued to learn about. So you said you were you moved here from New York. Did you grow up in New York City? I did not grow up in New York City. I grew up in uh, Puerto Rico. Okay. And then from Puerto Rico, I moved to Rochester. I worked in, uh, you know, a few restaurants that were chain restaurants uh, for a little bit. And then I ended up working at Mario's. And then uh, I ended up working at Rocco. And I worked at Rocco for quite a long time i think two and a half years i guess that's not a long time anymore but yeah it seemed like a long time and uh when it was time for me to uh find a different job uh i don't think the restaurant scene in rochester was quite where it is right now which is kind of like you know at that point there wasn't that many options you know mm. and i asked mark cupolo it's like hey where should i you know i wanted to move to italy it was the ideal plan for me because i loved italian food and um he was like, nah, it's like, you're a really good cook. Uh, you should move to a big city. And uh, the big city that I picked up was uh, New York. Mm-hmm. And then I put uh, three years in New York. And then, you know, they say in New York, you either make it or the city will break you. And uh, I am very proud to say that the city broke me. Hey, the, 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 it is one of the options for a reason. Yes. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's a negative. <laughs> I, I think knowing learning i i've I'll, I'll you know give my own personal anecdote about that before you dive in was you know i was uh during my day job i was doing the most ambitious project i had managed and that the the project broke me like i was i had burned out i was i was shocked i was shot and you know at the time it was hard to look at what we had accomplished and you know the amazing thing that we had built because i i was too close i was too burned with the whole thing I had to switch positions just because I, I just couldn't, it wasn't for me anymore. And I'm a, so much better at what I do now because of that. I'm not saying I recommend burning out and doing that, but it did end up changing me for the better and focusing on things I really cared about. No, I mean, I, I, I can, you know, a hundred percent agree to that. You know, uh, at the time when, you know, I left the city because it really ate me alive and spit, chew me and spit me out, you know. So what? What was what was the part that what was the part that hit you the hardest that was that had you had forced you to come back? So, um, you know, I think you know I moved to the city to work in uh, fine dining slash Michelin star restaurants, yeah. and um, you know, I worked at Del Posto for quite a long time. One one of the most highly regarded Italian restaurants in the country, if not the world. Yeah, it was, you know, it was for a long time. And, uh, you know, I quickly, you know, exceeded my own expectations at that restaurant. And, you know, I made it up to the ladder where, you know, at that point, you know, like 
they were like, hey, management is in the near future for you. And I was like, I love you guys, but I still want to. I was so hungry to learn and so eager to learn. I was so young. And um, so I decided to take another job. And, you know, it was kind of like one of those things where, like, I was at this job for three months. And, you know, basically, you know, a lot of, like, working for free. Yeah. Working, like, I'm, and I, when I say working for free, I'm talking about your clocking in for 36 hours and you're giving the restaurant an extra 20 just so you're able to do your job because, you know, at the time, that's what it took. And financially, I wasn't able to do that. Yeah. And it put a strain on me. I, I didn't go into a restaurant knowing that that was what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I went to the restaurant just because the restaurant was on the verge of earning a second Michelin star. And I thought that being part of a crew that, it was in that search of like elevating what they were doing was, um, you know, it's, it was a place that I wanted to be in. It didn't end up working. And then shortly after I couldn't afford to work at that restaurant anymore, I ended up taking a job at a casual barbecue joint. And, um, you know, at that point I was like, I was in a bad relationship when on one side, and then I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do. So I was like, one day I just woke up and I was like, I'm packing up my bags. I called my brother. It's like, I need you to help me. Yeah. Uh, come and get me basically. And, uh, you know, it, it was like a, a quick decision. And I was back in Rochester uh, and uh, it was hard for a long time. You know, it was like, like you said, it was really hard to be back here. And like, you know, at that point it seemed like I gave up on my dreams because I, I didn't want to stay in Rochester. I didn't want to stay in New York for a long time, but. I, I, my, my dream was always to come back here and, and really elevate Rochester. And I, you know, I came back and I was like, I didn't really put the amount of time that I wanted to put in. Like, I really felt like a failure for a long time. And yeah, you know, years later, just like you said, it, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And, you know, now I look back and I am the person that I am just because of that situation. Yeah. But you also <clears throat> stretched like you, you tried yeah, and, it, and it's not like it's not like it was a, you know, it's not like it was, it's not like you went and just couldn't hack it. No, yeah, for but sure. But it's it it does change it does change things, um, yeah. And so what what is it about what is it about fine dining that that's grabbed you? Like, why why is fine dining your focus? What's what is it about that that just keeps you going? Oh, man, ah. Uh... I think I have a mild addiction with discipline. Yeah. <laughs> if that comes to uh, any sense of anything. And, you know, uh, I mean, I think the fine dining aspect of the dining thing, uh, if you ask me where I would like to eat, it would probably not be a fine dining restaurant. Yeah. I uh, like, <laughs> you know, like down to earth holes in the wall, but it keeps me sharp. It really keeps me sharp. Uh, You know, it allows me to, like, really pay attention to detail. Uh, I still, you know, remember once I started Shell, um, that first dinner when, you know, I decided on a price, I was like, I have to charge people this much money in order to profit a a little bit of money. And it's still, like, the amount of work, it was like, wow. You know, I couldn't sleep just because I'm like, I want to provide people an experience. And, you know, 
every time I've done fine dining, it's not that I immediately want to go back, but it's like, okay, I got my money's worth, you know, and I don't, when I'm signing up the check, if I don't have to think about it, you know, uh, because you had that good of an experience, I had that good of an experience, you know, and you know, I've had dinners that I have paid $150 to $200 for me and my fiance. And we leave there, which, you know, with the expression, like, oh, we wasted our money. Yeah, I've, I have <laughs> certainly had that experience. <laughs> yeah, I think, and more certainly, well, more than one time. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I guess, like, you know, as passionate as I am about it, it's, you know, I still enjoy the casual aspect of, you know, dining and, you know, I think at the end of the day, wherever I land in terms of space is what's going to design the final decision of the restaurant, you know? Yeah. Well, let, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out, throw out a, a statement Yeah. and you, you tell me if I'm hitting, if I'm hitting in the right spot, it seems like you love the, you know, the work and you love, you know, executing at a high level, but you might not be a, you know, tuxedoed waiters kind of guy when it comes to your style. Like you love the, the detail, but not quite the formality of the environment. Yes. Uh, I, I, I think you hit it on the nail right there. I mean, um, I am, I, I mean, and it's hap- I think this is happening everywhere. Yeah. You know, because last time I was to New York, you know, I went to New York and that's kind of like, I like to go back to get inspiration. And I remember going to a two Michelin star restaurant on sneakers and like a suit, yeah. you know, and like, you know, I look at, I look up to like chefs that are like Barry Curran in New York, like James Kent, you know, like this guy, it's like my spirit animal, you know, he is working on sneakers and like, I'm a very, very big sneaker head, but you know, I think that I'm really obsessed with the formality of the dining, but I don't expect you to come in. I want you to come in and be comfortable. Right. You know, I don't want you to come into the restaurant looking and smelling bad or, you know, or whatnot, but I really right. want people like that formality to like, you know, I want you to f- be yourself. It's yeah. more, I think my, my dining experience is about just be you. Like whatever that is, be you in a nice way. Yeah. What, what, what are you chasing right now? What's your, what's your, what's the sneaker you're chasing right now? Uh, unfortunately I'm not chasing any sneaker right now. Okay. So what, what's the one, what's the one you have? What's the one you have that you're not wearing just because you love it so much? I wear them all. Oh, that's awesome. I love that by the way. Yeah. I wear all the sneakers. I have a bunch of sneakers that, you know, I'm always at work and I will, you know, I don't wear them this like on a daily basis, but like when I have one of my dinners, I like to wear them. Yeah. Uh, but I just wear all the sneakers, you know, I, I don't think there's a, I mean, I'm not a collector. I'm okay. a sneakerhead. <laughs> do, do you have your, do you have your personal favorite right now? Uh, I think, uh, the sneaker that I was chasing for a longest time that it's like my grail, it's a Travis Scott fragment low and I was able to trade in for it and, uh, I got it for a, re- a really, really good deal and not spend a lot of money. See, it's like, I, I, it's like one of these like things that are like, I, I, I dabble, right? I, I dabble in a very small way. Like not in a way where I know any of the words you just said other than like, I know the words, <laughs> but it doesn't mean anything to me. And I'm like, now that I see it, like, yeah, like, you know, really interesting. And it's, you know, well-designed. The colors are awesome. And it's like, I always went for like 
aggressive colors yep. more than like, you know, what's the, you know, not like, you know, the higher end or the collector stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, what can I get that's really ugly in the best possible way? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think that's, you know, uh, you know, I've kind of like will consider myself a little bit of a high beast, but like, yeah. I'm also like, not all my sneakers are that price, you know, like I have sneakers that might fall under the retail price, like on sale, like sure. a true sneaker herd just really, you just really have to like sneakers. It doesn't yeah. matter the value or whatever, you know, brand. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the way I like to do things like that, like when it comes to spirits or otherwise. Yeah. I, I think the, the people who are just chasing to chase and mm-hmm. then to resell, yeah, it's there's there's times for it. I, I don't I don't completely dislike it, but like having them to wear. I mean, wear, wearing what you have and really enjoying it. Are you enjoying it if you're not wearing it and you're not like and you're not styling and profiling down the street with them, like, are you really doing it? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either, you know. Yeah, it's not quite as interesting. Nope. Um, so I'll get back to my notes because we, we got off on a tangent, which is my favorite <laughs> thing to do. Um, you know what I wanted to do before we go into the break? Um, you know, we're we're going to talk all about uh, Shell Restaurant when we get back, uh, about what what's going on with that and the whole concept. Um, but you, you had mentioned you came – uh, you moved to Rochester from Puerto Rico. What what age were you when you came here? Uh, I was 18 when I moved here. I wanted to finish uh, high school. So once I got into kitchens, which was down there, uh, because of work, I switched schools and I went into a advanced program. And I was doing, it was kind of like a college program. So you could okay. do a whole grade in six months. Oh, nice. So, so I ended up like finishing high school six months earlier just because I was just really deep into the kitchen and uh, this program was at night and I was able to work in the mornings. And um, yeah, I mean, I was like, I took six months of off from school and then I was like, I'm, I, you know, I wanted to, I moved to Rochester with the intention of moving to New York at some point because that was kind of like the ultimate goal. So did you, uh, did you move here by yourself? Did you move up here with your family? Or? So my mother was already here. Okay. She moved here, uh, few years before me um once i got a job i got out of the house you know and <laughs> yeah. but it's it's still nice to have family around yeah. and it's nice to have that home base of somewhere yeah. so the moment that you know i remember the moment that i wanted to move i asked my mom if i could come in move in with her and she's like i have a spare room in the house you know you can come in and sure enough you know i remember getting here and uh i got here at like six in the morning and at like at noon she's like you're going to go to um REOC, which was down the street <laughs> from us. And uh, it's like, you're going to learn English and you're going to get a job because you're not going to, you know. Yeah. And, you know, within two to three months, um, I was fluent with the language and I was able to get a dishwashing job, which I didn't do it for that long because they saw my, you know, and I already had experience, so they promoted me really quickly. But, yeah, um, yeah that's... So what what was the what's the most challenging thing that you didn't expect when you moved here? Um, obviously, you're trying to learn English and doing all that. What what was the hardest thing about moving? You know, to Ro- Rochester is a general thing, but like moving here from from Puerto Rico. Oh man, uh, <clears throat> I think you know if I look back and like one of the hardest memories, or one of the hardest things that I could probably think is uh, you know I didn't have a cart. You know, yeah. I don't come from a family. F- you know, from a lot of money. Uh, we live in the city and uh, 
at the time I had to commute to Henrietta because I was working at uh, Romano's Macaroni and Grill. And, oh, sure. Uh, you know, commuting in the winter without a car was uh, really, really tough. Uh, you know, considering that my walk from where the boss dropped me to the restaurant, it wasn't that long. It was probably about 15 minutes. Yeah, but in 20 degree weather, but that's in not... like, and even like, not even like the, the cold, the snow, you know, sometimes yeah. like that the 15 minutes were 25, 30 minutes because you're just like fighting wind and snow. Uh, that was like one of the hardest things, you know. That's a big adjustment coming from Puerto Rico. Yeah, coming sure. from, oh, I got here in the summer, it was 60 degrees and I was freezing. <laughs> the, I, the lowest temperature there is maybe like 78. Yeah, I grew, I grew up in Buffalo, so <clears throat> I remember, you know, two feet of snow. Yep. I'm like, no, school's open, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk all about Shell Restaurant and uh, about all sorts of other things. And we'll be right back. Welcome to the world of Punches and Popcorn, where we dive into the bone-breaking and kung-fu-kicking world of martial arts cinema. Join us on the path as we explore a new movie every episode, discussing the history, fighting styles, science, and more from a broad range of fight films. Everything from Bruce Lee to Jean-Claude Van Damme to John Wick. There's plenty of room in our temple of couch potato style. So listen in and subscribe to Punches and Popcorn on your favorite podcast app. Hello, listeners. This is Richard B. Cologne reminding you all to check out the Behind the Glass Gallery podcast hosted by myself and Kwaje Donnell. Every month, we interview the latest First Friday featured gallery artists and dive deep into their passion, drive, and motivation beyond what they display on our gallery walls each month in downtown Rochester, New York. So please, if you haven't yet, subscribe and give us a listen. Also, don't forget to check out our monthly artist receptions every first Friday of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. 240 East Main Street at the Mercantile on Main. Hoping to see you all behind the glass. And we're back with uh, Cruz from Shell Restaurant. Um, and we were, uh, we were rolling into, um, we're rolling into what is that all about? You know, what's the project where you're doing? So, um, I guess, uh, let's, let's finish up with your, with your restaurant journey here in Rochester and then, um, then we'll roll into shell. So you came back to Rochester from New York, um, starting to regroup and, um, where was the first place you ended up back here? Was that, uh, the first place I ended up back here was, uh, Branca at, uh, Bushnell's Basin. Okay. Yeah. And when, when that launched, it was, it was, it was hopping. It was there. hopping. You know, I came in at a point where I think the restaurant was declining, mm. which it was a little bit tough to enter, um, you know, in a restaurant that was not doing so well and, you know, the expectations from me were really, really high. Sure. From the owners of the restaurant. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, I didn't work there for that long just because uh, <clears throat> I guess, you know, it just it just wasn't working out for me and it was putting more damage in my brain as I was already, like, super depressed from... Um, I was super depressed just from the you know, the leaving the city and all that stuff. But also, um, Mark Cupolo used to live near the restaurant. And one of the nights that he visited, he was like, Hey, I have this idea. I want to open a seafood bar with no servers. And when he says that, I was like, what, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, he's like, I think you have the personality and the culinary talent to 
uh, do this project with me? Are you interested? And I'm like, say no more. I'm like, are you serious about this? And he's like, yes. So I was working, you know, I was working probably uh, clo close to 70 hours a week. So I decided to like quit the job just so I can focus on that. I needed a job. So ended up working at next door for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, that also just didn't work out. I don't, uh, nothing against Wegmans or anything. I just don't like the corporate world. I'm, sure. I'm an artist. Hey, uh, there's some people that it's done really well for. Some of my favorite chefs yep. um, have ended up there and are doing doing fantastic. And you know, I it's you know doing the right thing for you is is an yep. important thing. And I know some great people that have ended up there. Oh, I mean, uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world, Russell Ferguson. Uh, he is one of the chefs there, and I always say, without that man, I would never be who I am today. Yeah. Uh, he was a big push for me to get to New York and help me get down there. But, um, yeah, I worked at Next Door. Uh, that also, you know, didn't work out for me. Uh, I think Mark was kind of like already working at getting Rella going. So he's like, after that, I think I held uh, Tony the Glossy at uh, Max of Eastman for the Jazz Fest season. Mm -hmm. Then once that was over, Mark is like, hey, I need a host at Rocco on it will be good if you come and do it so you can polish your front-of-the-house skills. Nice. And I ended up working at Rocco for front-of-the-house this time. The second time around was front-of-the-house, and I will fill in the kitchen when needed and all that stuff, but my main job was front-of-the-house. Mark was basically introducing me to all, all his regulars, uh, and, you know, then, you know, he ended up opening Rella, and I ended up working there for... You know, two and a half years, two years, you know, a little less time when the COVID thing was put in the middle. But yeah, that, that, that was a tough timing <clears throat> for that because it was, you know, just going to hit right then. And it's, that's a, that was a tough break. It was a tough break, you know. Um, I think it was tougher to come back. Yeah, for you know, sure. Uh, I think when we when we reopened Rella uh, for after COVID, uh, it was kind of rough uh, for a little bit just because. Uh, the business was okay, but we never we weren't seeing new people. We survived two to three months just on like the regular clientele. So I was yeah. like, when are people gonna start showing up? Um, and then after that, I kind of like went on my own and um, started doing a little bit of um, private chef on the side, and that took off really quickly. Then um, I got together with my friend Tim Tompkins. And yeah. after I got together with him, uh, I went and helped him out at his property, um, Snug Harbor. <clears throat> yeah, because that was, you know, that that's a very interesting, I mean, it's right around the corner from where where I am. I guess it seems like you're right in the area as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's one of those places that, even though it's right on the water and everything else, like, I'm not sure how many people know it's there. Yeah, I mean, I think it was very popular uh, for a long time, and I think after he lost his chef or something like that, the uh, person that took over really put a dent on the place. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle for him, but he really believes in the place, and he keeps, like, trying to keep it open and, you know, continue. Because the property is, I mean, I think it's probably one of the most beautiful, you know, properties i ever been, like, worked in. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's like I said, right on the bay. I mean, it's a great location. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I know you're also doing some consulting, you know, helping yep. a lot of places open with menus and things. Yeah, I mean, I did. In between all that, I helped uh, uh, Louis Meyer from Recreo. Um, I helped him kind of like get their stuff together a little bit there. Um, after Snug Harbor, uh, I had to leave because I had to get an ankle surgery and, you know, I couldn't be there. Um then after that, I regroup with Josh, and uh, you know I've been overseeing a little bit at uh, the Reverie for a little bit, and you know he's you know he's allowed me to basically kind of like build my business like out of their platform, which it's been a great opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. I mean that's uh, you know <laughs> when when that place opened, it was it had changed. It was it hit a moment where it was the place because it was. It had that that vibe. It had that upscale, and you know it's you know still kicking after all this time. Yeah, ten years. Uh, next Sunday, we're this Sunday actually. We're doing our uh, they're doing their ten year anniversary kind of like party. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. After all, <laughs> it's yep. ten years. Wow, I remember writing about that, and I think city newspaper yep. when it opened long long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um. So and then uh, now Shell. So what 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 is Shell? What's the concept, and what what are you doing with it right now? Uh, I mean, Shell is uh, Shell was born. I think at the inception of it. Well, um, after my time at Rella, we, me and my fiance went on vacation, and we ended up in Arizona. We wanted to move, and uh, me as a runner, I was like, let's check out Flagstaff. Flagstaff is like, you know runner country so we ended up in flagstaff and we ate at a really cute restaurant called atria and then to this day it's probably one of the best meals i ever had um it was this sushi um omakase and um i'm trying to figure out the name of this place um chinbei chinbei is the name of the place um and uh this is in uh phoenix so we drove two hours to eat there and um, this restaurant did 12 covers a night. Ooh. And there was three people working it. Wow. Four. So, and they took care of six people at the time. Wow. So they had two seatings of six. <sighs> a little small, uh, a little small sushi bar. And to this day, you know, it's the best meal I ever had in my life. And... It really inspired me, and I'm like, the only reason why the food here is so good is because, uh, you know, they really have the time to take, you know, they're only serving so little amount of people, and they can take the time to not skip, not miss anything, you know? They're not cutting corners. They're really doing it right. Um, You know, I ended up talking to the front of the house person. It was a sushi chef. A sous chef, a dishwasher, and a front of the house person, and um, we we ended up talking, and he really is like, yeah, these guys get here real early to prep this stuff. Like he was telling me, explaining the fishes. Like I am pretty well known, like a versatile when it comes to knowing about fish. And there was some fishes that I ate that day that I didn't even know that they existed. And then when I looked them up, I was like, how do you even break this down? You know, mm-hmm. I mean. Not, not in that sense because, um, you know, there's two types of fishes. Once you know how to break 
both of them. You can break any fish down. But the fishes were so small. Mm. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe it. And he's like, yeah, it's like $90 a pound. And my, like majority of it, your pan is the head and the bones. Wow. You know, and they're getting like chipped from Japan and whatnot. But when we came back from that little trip, um, I'm sitting on the couch with my fiance and, you know, I was, you know, we were watching a TV show, a cooking show. And, you know, I was like, you know, I miss, I miss having a place where I could go in, you know, and like really express myself. I hadn't worked for a month at that time. So I was like, you know, I'm, I really miss like something, you know, like, it's like, I was like, I, the words that came out of my mouth was like, I miss my little shell, which at that time it was Rella, you know? And, um, basically I was like, Oh wow, that's like a great name for a restaurant. And, and then we continue to talk and I'm like, I think shell is just cleaner, you know? And, um, you know, <clears throat> the whole idea started with like, I wanted to do that sushi bar experience that I had, but I also had a following for, you know, what I had before, which was a little bit of like, up, not upscale, but like casual, really good casual food. Yeah. You know, the people really come in and like comfort food almost like done really well. And um, I was like, how can I do all of this in uh, one place? And, you know, I really didn't give it too much mind until it was my fiance's birthday. And I was like, I wish there was like a really good place where I could just splurge. You know, like, it was a special occasion, you know. I didn't want to do it myself. Not to say that there's no good restaurants to go eat, but I'm like, I want to go eat caviar. I want to go eat the fine wine. I want to drink the fine wines. And I want want to sit down and I want to get pampered. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, I remember posting on social media, there's nothing like it. And even a close friends of mine who had restaurants got upset at me. I'm like, dude, I'm not shitting on your restaurant. I love you. Like, it's just... You know, I want to come in and I want to, like, I want to be able to get foie gras. I want to be able to get truffles. Like, you know, and that's not what I want every day, but it's a special occasion, you know. When you want to, you want to go for it. Exactly. And I remember posting it on social media. And some people say, why don't you do it? And yeah. I was like, what? I already was brewing on the thought. And, um, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, when I started consulting at the Reverie, um, I one day I was talking to uh, Patrick Stetzel. I don't know if you know him. I know and love Patty. He's <clears throat> one of the, one of the great guys in uh, the bar scene in uh, here in town. Uh, currently, uh, one of the partners at Ziggy's. Yeah, um, really love Pat. He's so passionate, and I think always uh, some of my favorite people. He always knew he was always a really dedicated person with knowledge mm -hmm. and loved learning but he also knew how to he know how to be part of the show too oh yeah i mean so i think i was working a brunch service with him or and i was like i gotta do it you know i was like hey pat would you be wanting to do like a dinner with me like a really you know balls to the walls dinner and it's like yeah and then i josh happened to be at the restaurant at the time it's like hey josh i want to do this like tasting menu where like you know, we, we do it in the cellar at the Reverie and, you know, we're going to charge people money because we're going to bring things that people have not seen or, I mean, they've probably seen it, but not here. We're going to bring something here that it's not been done here yet. And he was like, yeah, I'm all for it, man. I think I sat down at, 
after having those two conversations, I sat down in the office and then within 40 minutes, I had written half of the menu because I was so inspired. <laughs> and it's not like this every time. No, like, of course not. You know, uh, sometimes I struggle finding ideas and how to stay, uh, you know. Well, it's still work. It like, is still work, yeah. <laughs> it, like, it, it's uh, all the things, despite the fact that we love them, like all the, all the things like this, sometimes it comes in, you know, the, like those waves of inspiration, and then you're like, wow, I'm going to do this, and then we do that. And then you get down to the routine of it, and it's still work. Oh, yeah. So that, Yeah, none, none of that comes for free. <laughs> nope. So I think I came up with a menu, and I think I, I think I came up with, like, five courses. And, like, the last course, I was, like, struggling to, like, have a fish course and whatnot. And I think the next morning came up to me, and I was able to finish the menu, and... You know, me and Pat jump into into it, and you know, the whole thing behind Shell is that we want to give people not just the food, not just the wine. It's it's very experiential, you know. Like we try to have things in the dishes when it comes to the plating and the flavors. All those things really have to be there, you know. Like I remember like shopping everything for it, like specifically to picking up plates for specific dishes and whatnot. And I don't know, it was, it worked out and uh, there was a lot of demand and I think we, we did a few more and, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks we decided to switch it up because, um, you know, I wanted to see the a la carte part of it, which, you know, I'm trying to do kind of like that comfort casual food, but I still going to like present it very elevated. Yeah. Like I wanted to feel elegant. Like I'm still going to use the same China that I was using for, you know, my, my events, you know, for the fine dining. Like I want it to look super beautiful on the plate. I want you to feel like you're getting something really special. And when you eat it, you know, everything is just really connected. So we're giving it a try that, um, and you know, sold out really quickly, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I was just looking at some of the menus from the, <clears throat> you know, the full, full fixed price things, and <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of classics too, and a lot of classic. You know, not to say that you're not creating things there, but you're hitting, you know, these comfort notes. Like you're not going like crazy avant garde with the flavors. You're not, you're not pushing the limits of flavors. But it looks like you're really hitting those. Like, yes, we're gonna bring the acid. We're gonna bring the. We're gonna bring the rich. We're gonna hit those notes, but we're gonna hit them hard. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, and a lot of people think that I'm like the most creative chef, and and up in a way, I think I am. Uh, but like you said, I am just so in love with the classics. Yeah, I mean, it's <clears> like. If you're not if you're not familiar with this kind of dining or haven't done it a lot, um, you know that when I look at that list, right, I'm looking at the one from May. Like th- this reads like a menu I've seen, not exactly. You know what I mean? Like if, this is familiar. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you were a regular fine diner or follow that, and if you read this, this is something you'd be very familiar with or comfortable with, like when you were talking about comfort, there's different versions of it. Yep. You know, there's, it's a different comfort when you go to, you know, Mi Viejo San Juan and you're eating, you know, hogma or you're getting, you know, rabbit ravioli with, 
carrot, peas, parm, and speck. But that combination, that is a classic, you know, those are classic spring dish flavors, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're, you're hitting the peas, you know, rabbits, a great spring, you know, great spring meat, and you're hitting those classic spring-like flavors. Like, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, again, I I really like to take those classic dishes and almost give you my version of it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I don't think there's, maybe there is a few chefs and they're very limited. I, I mean, you can think of Noma who are trying every day probably to come in with something new. Well, there, they all, there's also a um, semi-compensated staff of dozens and dozens of people who are creating those astonishing things and wildly creative, but well, that's what happens when you have a staff that's, you know, kind of paid and everybody wants to work there. You're going to get, you can only do some of that stuff with an insane amount of work. Oh yeah. Um, but that's, it, it is a different world than being, being, you know, one person I know, mean, it, doing it, that stuff. It is. Uh, but I mean, I even like, I think if you look at, uh, all this, I, I mean, Gabriel Kruther, for an example, is a restaurant that I worked at, you know, was in New York. And you look at their menu, and last time I ate there, I went back into the kitchen, and I was, like, talking to one of the old chefs that I knew, you know, and I was like, how are you guys doing this? He's like, we're busier than ever. He's like, we're doing 100 covers every day. And I remember when we were doing 100 covers on a Saturday, we were struggling. Yeah. And I was like, how your food has, from when I worked here, has just like, and by by meaning it's like has gone up, it's just because the amount of labor that they have to put in the dishes. Like, I look at a dish and all I can think of is like, how did they do this? This is not easy. Yeah. Like, layers of like perfectly layer like, terrines and stuff like that those things like we used to do a hamachi tarin we used to do it every day because it was had to be fresh and the average time was an hour and 30 minutes yeah just for, for one dish for one dish yeah and it's a, a part of one dish <laughs> yeah of course that, that doesn't mean there's not garnishes and like, getting the right leaves and all that stuff it, which at that level of dining, you know, the, the level of like, you know, which which size of, you know, herb are you putting on there? And only that size, you know, yep. that, that kind of dedication. Um, yeah, so uh, where, so if, if people want to learn about, you know, where to find the next experiences, because mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're doing the, you know, those large scale ones at, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the Rev, and you've got different style opportunities coming up. Yep. So... You know what? What's what's next? What can people look forward to uh, with you know the next things? What what's the next one people can uh, can look for? So right now, uh, I think you know, I just asked social media today, what do they want? And uh, a lot of people seem to be digging the casual. So I think I'm gonna wait and like two more weeks after this one, and we'll probably do another one uh, at the beginning of August. My month of August is like. <laughs> really insane with like private events but yeah uh i still want to give it to the regular people so to the regular public and um you know i think i want to do another one of those with the same menu um at the beginning of 
August, and then uh, somewhere in there in August, I'm trying to squeeze one of those big dinners again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this one I'm really excited for in September, uh, at the end of September. Uh, I have a collaboration with Matt Jaeger. Jaeger, I don't know if I'm saying his last name yep, right. Jaeger, yep. Yeah, from uh, Pinnacle. Yeah, he he's awesome. We had him on the podcast talking about the uh, potential changes to New York State law around uh, wines and grocery stores. I, I'd never met him before. Then he had helped out with uh, wine, uh, you know, with some wine things I needed for events, and uh, you know, great guy. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, he actually was able to come in and see what I was doing. Um before we did our thing. So he was really impressed and he's like really, um, you know, I think the the greatest thing is that I get to do this thing with people that they get to pour whatever wine they want because yeah. the budget is so high and we're buying so little, uh, you know, that, you know, I give them a budget. I'm like, hey, just work with this. We need eight wines. You know, one bottle goes a long way because there's only eight people. And you're drinking eight wines. At the end of the dinner, you drink a bottle of wine. So, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm really excited for that. You know, I, he, he seems really knowledgeable. Uh, I can't wait to come up with a menu. I think September food is, you know, really, really good. Because you're kind of like in the peak of like, you know, the way the summer is looking. You'll probably be at the peak of summer then, you know. Uh, and maybe... You know, depending, there will be so much happening in September. Oh, so much. I mean, it's like early, early fall harvest. It's late summer. Yep. It's just the bounty of upstate New York and the kind of stuff you can get is, is special. Yep. So yeah, you get those early squash, those, uh, oh. those, uh, the honey nut squash. Ooh, yeah. Aren't those great? I love those. Uh, yeah. One of the, I do a really great salad with those and then, you know. Oh yeah. The texture and the flavor. I mean. You know, shout out to uh, to Row Seven and you know Fruition Seeds and all the people that yep. worked on those, and it's just just an amazing product. Yeah, I love those. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that one. Uh, that's you know that's kind of like what's coming up, and uh, you know I think the best way right now to um, we're approaching this a little bit different now. I hire a social media person, uh, Crit from Floated, uh, who helped me build a website to kind of like get everything organized and whatnot, and. Um, Right now we're kind of like try to get uh, traffic on the website. Um, so we are basically giving people that are subscribed to our website uh, the first dips on any type of reservations. Love that. That's a great idea. I mean, you want people who are dedicated. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, the amount of subscribers that we have now, I think we released the newsletter on Friday and to spare we had two tickets for this dinner that within a minute of putting it on social media they were gone and um you know so that will be the best way to find it you know shell dash uh restaurant.com yeah and it's uh really easy really easy to sign up i just signed up yep to put myself on the newsletter um no that's uh that's great and it, it keeps people engaged too i mean newsletters work they work, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, when we did it, uh, I think we sent it in within six hours. I think we had um, six tickets left or something like that. That's perfect. And I reached out to Chris, and Chris like, hey, you only have six tickets left. And I'm, I was like, wow. And he's like, why are you surprised? I'm like, I'm surprised. I mean, 
if we would have done this through social media, I wouldn't be so surprised because that's what I'm used to. But like, we took a different route and we got probably the same result or better, you know? And yeah. I was like impressed, you know, it's like, uh, Hey, it's, it's one of those things where the more you're around this stuff, the more you realize that like, you know what? Email lists are, they're the thing. They're the thing that grabs engagement and it's not just engagement, but it's people mm. spending money is email lists. Yeah. I mean, it, it works. The, I mean, it's, it's so hard, you know, with the social media again, like trying to figure out the patterns, you know, I, I think I have a little bit over 7,000 followers. And when I look at the engagement, like not, I'm pretty sure social, like Instagram is not giving my content to all of them. No, of course Like not. how often you miss stuff from people. And it's not because you didn't look for it. Like you have to go to their page. Like it's, Right. It's I mean, not on your feet. Yeah, there's too much going on. How how is anybody gonna keep up with everything? Mm -hmm. And now we have to we have to follow threads, we have to follow tweets, we have to Oof. follow this to get all the different information. You know what? Follow the people really follow the people you want to follow, support the people you really want to support. It makes a bigger difference when you when you focus that and you really go after those things. Um so yeah, go go to shell-restaurant.com and do that. Um, I guess what I did want to close out with is you've been in Rochester for a while on and off. What are the places that you're going to on your, on your downtime? What are the places that you love here in town? I always love to get this side of things from people who are cooking in different kinds of environments. I think, uh, my ultimate, uh, one of my ultimate favorite restaurants to eat and it kind of like has become my comfort food is, um, Young's Korea house. Oh, yeah, that's old uh, school. Yeah, and uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this <laughs> because my my fiance, she's always like, don't be sharing that because it's sometimes, I mean, it's a, it's a family-run restaurant and they take very limited reservations. Yep, it is It is uh, definitely out of the, you know, three ostensibly Korean restaurants that are in town. Uh, that is the one that is off the most beaten path and... You know, it's an older couple who are running it, mm -hmm. and it is definitely more targeted to the Korean community. It is, you know. For sure. I, I have been uh, so grateful to be accepted by them at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's really awesome. Everybody, Every time I go there and take new people, you know, they're really grateful for me. Uh, and, again, it wasn't really easy to get in because, no. like, Oftentimes I will show up and it's like, hey, you know, I'm here to have food. And they're like, no, we can't sit you. I'm like, How, what do you mean you can't sit me? There's like 20 tables open <laughs> and they will not let me eat, you know? And I never understood that. But now, uh, you know, um, I don't really, I've never gotten their names, you know, but they're really nice people. Uh, yeah. They just do, they run a business their way. I, yeah, I, I was the first, one of the first places I reached out to for Nama. I'm like, no. We want to do things that look like, cool. Hey, yep. hey, do do your thing. Like we're we never take any. You know, you yep. want you want to do things your way, and you want to serve your clientele the one you way yeah, the way you want to serve them. I mean, good on you. Hey, if you can be successful, this do things the way you want to be. If you're going to be happy, great. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, another, I love that spot. Yeah, another spot that we eat uh, pretty often in my house is uh, Chima Sushi Place on uh, Alexander. Another great Asian couple who run, you know, the restaurant. Uh, consistently good rice, too. Oh, consistently, I think, good uh, overall. Uh, the funny part is that 
when uh, the way that I found the restaurant was because we had the same fisherman. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, you know, uh, my fisher, like, uh, a person that I used to work with told me to go, and I never paid no mind. And then when I was with my fisherman, he was telling me about that he provides the restaurant. I'm like, now I have to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, he has a good source of fish. So, um, well, absolutely. And like I said, I, I always pay attention to, you know, the, to the rice texture mm -hmm. and quality there. There's this really good, especially for the price point. Oh yeah. Like they're, they're doing <clears throat> a really good job and you can, it's at, it's still at a to go price point. Yeah, it is. Like you can do that and still get good quality stuff. Yeah. I mean, we often, you know, you know, I'm always busy. So we often, you know, I don't want to be the asshole that comes in when they're about to close. So I often ended up ordering online and taking it home and eating it at home. And it's still amazing. We go in when we can, you know, but it's not often that we can. Yeah, um, of course. Another place, uh, kind of like new, but um, uh, Leonora's. I really, really had a really amazing meal there uh, recently. Yeah, I haven't been in yet. I really need to swing <clears throat> by. Yeah, uh, really enjoy that place very, very much. Uh, kudos to the Swans for doing it again and uh i think uh, another place that i eat often is uh doughboys just you know i love pizza and uh jim has a great pie yeah i think they've they've done a lot of work on improving from where they started to where they are now it's not to say it was bad when it started but you know doing that learning that process and really dialing it in takes a long time i, I haven't had it in a hot minute I mean, uh, when they first started, uh, you know, me and Jim, you know, I'm kind of biased on this because Jim is my best friend. And, uh, you know, when he first started, I went to his house. This was all during COVID, you know, the kid bit, he built a business. Yeah, I remember I, I went to some <laughs> of the early pop-ups around because yeah. I'm a pretty severe pizza nerd. Yeah, and uh, I had the pizza and I was like, hey, dude, like, this is good at best. Like, what are you doing with the flowers? Like, I have how deep have you digged in? Like, yeah. it seems like you have the hydration, fermentation ratio, like, right where you want it. Cause yeah, it was that, that was the part that grabbed me as well. Was there was there was some roots of Neapolitan style quality. It wasn't quite there when it came to the complete package. But I I went to one of the pop ups. And I'm like, yo, hey, he's he's got something. Yes. He's got something. I remember eating it on the hood of my car. Yep picking up from somebody's house, house I, yeah somebody's house and we ate, i ate on the trunk of the car and came back like yeah you got something going on here yeah so i think you know they have improved their pie so much and what really intrigued me about him is that even after his pie is good he's still looking to improve it he's still looking for the science and everything that you know goes into the making pizza dough and uh i appreciate that you know Hey, it's uh, trying to always be better. Um, and I think that's what we can definitely say about Cruz is he's always trying to be better. And if you want to experience that, you can go, uh, you know, go follow, uh, sign up for the newsletter, shell-restaurant.com. Follow uh, Shell on social media or follow Cruz on social media. Uh, anything I missed that they should be following, man? No, I mean, I, I think you hit everything right there, you know. Awesome. And, uh I guess be quick with the fingers, you know. <laughs> uh, I you lesson know, for life. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like ignorant or like, you know. But the reason why I limit these things is because I really want to. The people are coming. It's not that I don't want to serve everybody, but I just want to really, you know. I have people that I really wanted to say yes, I can squeeze you in, but then I'm like, 
add in more work, which when you add more work to what you're already limited to do, you know, it could affect the quality of the experience that I want to provide. And, you know, I'll just like, hey, there will be another one. And, you know, uh, just just got to be, you know, I, I'm pretty fair when it comes to that. You know, you just have to be quicker. Than hey, and that's, you know, the best thing, best thing you can always say is uh, having more demand than you have space is a great thing to have. It is, yeah. I mean, I, I, and again, I'm, I'm super grateful for it. I'm, you know, I always, you know, I am doing a small collaboration in the terms of the serve for this pop-up. And uh, the person that I'm doing the collaboration with, uh, he's like, hey, aren't you like, um, aren't you like concerned about people that like chocolate? Because we're not having anything with chocolate for this. Yeah. And I was like, uh, no, like I'm, I, this is what I want to serve. And, you know, being grateful for people really wanting to come and eat what I want to serve. It's, I think it's really the core of like a good business, you know, as long as you stick to what you really want to do deep in your heart, you know, yeah. always listen. And I always listen to everybody that has any constructive criticism too, you know, because there's so much to learn from that. But as long as you're doing and improving on what you want to do, you're just going to go far. See, I love that. And you just set me up for my outro. <laughs> um, uh, so you can follow me, uh, Stromy on Twitter and Instagram, Food About Town podcast on Instagram and uh, Twitter as well. Um, I'm on I'm on threads because you have to be on there now. So I'm on there under all those things as well. And I'm also uh, one of the co-founders of Nominate. Uh, you can go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an, for an upcoming event, $40 for a meal for two. We have pickups at Three Heads. Uh, we have pickups at Fatty Beer Rochester uh, starting in August at the new Black Button Distilling and in Buffalo at Nowhere Lounge. Uh, you, you buy your meal for two, but you have no idea what you're getting. You're in good hands. I'm doing all the work for you. And all you have to do is show up and have a good time and grab an awesome drink. Uh, Cruz, thanks so much for coming over. And we'll be back next time on the Food About Town podcast. <laughs>